Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I am your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm very glad to be with you today. This is going to be, hopefully, a helpful episode to us. I know that everything in the world seems to be in chaos right now. Maybe not in the world, but at least in the United States. Um, I was trying to figure out what the best way to approach this week would be. Um, I, I don't ever want this podcast to be something that's overly political, Uh, So that's not the intent of today. This is not a a political issue. This is just a humanity issue, okay? Um, I'm going to talk about refugees today on the podcast. I don't know how many of you have had any experience with refugees. I mostly have friends that have worked with refugees. Uh, Our very own Brandon Sipes, who has been on the show a number of times, uh, has uh, been over in areas where Syrian refugees are uh, there by the hundreds of thousands uh, they don't have any place to go Uh, they have been forced out of their homeland and so I thought today it might be an appropriate topic um, not to do any political bashing or anything like that that's not my intent at all in doing this and unfortunately anytime you speak about something like this it feels like somebody accuses you of making some sort of partisan political statement and that is not Uh, at all what I'm trying to do with today's podcast. What I want to do with today's podcast is try to discuss, I guess we could say, the politics of Jesus and what Jesus has to say. Uh, And one of the best ways that I have found uh, so far to do this, for me personally, is to consult people wiser than I am and ask them for their help and ask them for their wisdom. So I'm going to be sharing with you some ideas that are not mine, uh, but some ideas that hopefully you will find helpful today on the Voices in My Head podcast. Uh, let me begin by saying uh, th- this week I'm going to be in Idaho for a few days. It's been it's been a wonderful, busy time for me. Uh, it's been a very fruitful ministry, I feel like, as of late. Uh, last week it was a, a wonderful opportunity for me to gather together with a whole lot of other believers, especially other ministers and worship team people and worship pastors and pastors, and to be able to do uh, some teaching and some workshops on the Psalms and some teaching on the the concept and, and the article that is in this month's issue of Worship Leader Magazine that I wrote an article for. Uh, called Worship Leader as Prayer Leader. So it's been a particularly fruitful time for ministry in many ways. And and yet, it feels like in the midst of the good things that I see God doing and the good ways that I feel like I've been able uh, to minister through music, through teaching, um, it, it sometimes feels like the wind gets just sucked out of the room. The 
uh, as we say at uh, at my church jokingly now, uh, you know, we'll stay to an instrument. I'll say to the drum, stop sucking the vibe out of the room, you know, just jokingly. But there's a sense in which um, the wind in your sails tends to get a little bit sucked out of the room, sucked out of your heart, so to speak. And I feel like on this matter of, of refugees, I felt it in conversations I had with other pastors while I was at this workshop last week. I have a feeling that while I'm in Idaho this week at the Wesley Conference in Nampa, Idaho at uh, at NNU, that we're probably going to have some of those similar conversations. And so I came across this article that I really find would be helpful to us, I think. It's on centraleuropenaz.org, centraleuropenaz.org. This may apply to Nazarenes, if you're a part of the Church of the Nazarene. If you're not, I think it's going to apply to you as well. Just really anyone who um, has to deal with the refugee situation. I say that like it's a bad thing. It, it should be a good thing. We, we are called to, uh, to shelter those who are in need and to help them. And I really found this article helpful. It, the article is called Five Conversations That Christians Need to Have This Week with people called refugee. Uh, I wish I had time, and I wish I had a friend here to be able to discuss through it with me, but as it is, I'm going to sort of let the article um, be what I bounce my thoughts off of. So this comes from our European churches, the the Church of the Nazarene in Europe. Uh, Obviously, they're going to have a different perspective on things than many of us in the United States do. So I think that we might all find this helpful and may all find this to be um, a good conversation to have. Um, So of the five conversations that we need to have, let's start with conversation number one. (laughs) If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. But number one, a really good conversation to have is number one, help me to understand the situation in your country. And I'm going to read a little bit. The conflicts in countries across the Middle East and Northern Africa are complicated. As outsiders, we do not fully understand the nature and the history of the conflict, but as Christians, we clearly stand against the loss of innocent lives. In order to positively contribute to peace in the Middle East and in North Africa, we must be ready to learn and to listen. We do that best by inviting the voices of people we know and trust to speak into the media sources and social media posts that usually shape our understanding. As Jesus followers, we must direct our hearts, our voice, and our prayers in healthy, helpful, and respectful ways. To do that, we must take the position of a learner and invite people to teach us about their culture, the situation, and their perspective on peace. Find an asylum seeker, an immigrant, or a refugee today and ask him or her to explain their situation. Your role is to be a listener and a learner. My comment on that is I agree wholeheartedly. I'm going to be attempting to do this myself in the coming days. I've known there is a problem for some time. I have empathized. My heart has hurt. I spent this weekend uncharacteristically of me I spent about all afternoon Sunday fighting tears just weeping reading stories of refugees again it's a shame that it took something like our president signing this law where there is no recourse for Syrian refugees to come into our country for shelter um, where I started seeing their children as my own and desperately finding that my heart was hurting 
and desperately longing for a solution, and saddened that so many of my fellow Christians seem to be so calloused about what they're going through. So that's the first thing. Try to come to this with an open heart and an open mind when we talk about refugees. Don't be scared. That is not something that's of God. Fear is not a thing that's of God. We sing this song oftentimes. It's one of the it's one of the biggest songs right now in churches all across the, the nation, maybe even the world. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of God. Um if you can't you can't sing that song if you're fearing refugees, if you're prejudiced against them. We all have prejudices that we carry in unintentionally. And it's important that we come to this situation with a humility that says, I don't know everything about this situation. I don't know everything about where they're coming from. And I'm going to listen. Then I'm going to hear. I want to hear. So the second conversation, I'm going to move on into that one now. How is your family? Again, if you're taking notes, that's number two. How is your family? The cultures most deeply affected by the current refugee situation share a common value in their understandings of family. Most often, the word and concept includes their extended family, and it tends to be a much wider and deeper concept than in the West. In a culture where children, parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles often share the same dwelling space, being disconnected geographically from the larger family unit is a huge loss. Many of the people now fleeing their countries have a loved one who is still in the midst of danger. They have genuine, heart-wrenching concerns for the safety of their family members. They may be dealing with some level of guilt for leaving someone behind while they sought safety for themselves. Make time to ask, listen, and lament with them over the concern and or the loss of family. It will speak volumes. You can tell them that you will be calling upon the Lord for God's provision upon their family, and then do that faithfully. Make your prayers for their family a consistent and daily part of your talking to God. All right, I can't imagine what it must be like if I was able to get out and my family wasn't, if my son wasn't able to, or it put it on the other, on the other way around. What if my son and wife were able to make it out of the country safely and I was not able to? And then now certain laws restrict so we can't be together again. Uh, in, in, spite of, um, in spite of it taking up to four years to even get a permit to come into the country, four years of vetting is what it takes for a Syrian refugee to come into this country. After all that... After extreme vetting, which is already extreme, you can look it up and find out about all that happens. Now we say after four years of hard work and intensively trying to get out of a place that is hazardous to you and your family, being separated from your family, now you can't come in. It's cruel. It's inhuman. Uh, that's my picture on it. Uh, these people are separated many times from their families, like I just read to you, and we need to, if nothing else, keep them dear to our Father's heart in prayer. We need to carry them to the altar 
and ask God to show us how to have compassion on them and how to help in these ways. Third conversation to have with refugees. Welcome to my home. The home is the center of life in many cultures, and the guest in a home is treated with honor. The extension of hospitality is such an integral part of culture that even in their journey through the Balkans, there are a plethora of stories about refugees welcoming into and serving Western strangers in their tents. The writer of this article says that they personally have experienced this numerous times as a guest in a tent. So imagine this. We're over here in the West fearing for our lives from these refugees. And what are these refugees doing even in their tents? They are opening their small little shacks and tents to bring hospitality to those who are visiting. So, if you have a colleague, an acquaintance, or a neighbor, invite them into your home for coffee and dessert. There's no pressure to have a perfect house or an elaborate meal. Just be warm and inviting and set aside some time to simply talk. Get to know them as a person. If your home is not convenient or seems too intimate, then try a local coffee shop as a first step. While not wanting to impose stereotypes or stigma, one should be aware of and respect gender boundaries. Meeting together as couples is very acceptable. Uh, So you will find, uh, I, I know I found this when I was over in Kenya, you will find that oftentimes the people who have the least give the most. They give from their heart, they give from out of their poverty to make you feel as a guest. Imagine their horror and shock when they come into our country with so much abundance and all we can do is hoard it and do our best to keep them out. It's ungodly. Um, All right, before I get preaching, I'm going to move on to point four. I want peace for your country too. That's the fourth conversation to have with refugees. I want peace for your country too. True peace is more than an end to the war. It is the existence of a just and a fair society for everyone who lives in a country. Pursuing opportunities to speak up for peace is a good beginning. Our voices influence public opinion, which then pressures governments to act in accordance with the will of the people. Words have power. The awesome wave, that awesome wave of power begins right where Scripture tells us. James reminds us that the tongue is a small member like the rudder of a ship, but it boasts of great things. And Proverbs 12.18 reminds us that a gentle tongue brings healing. These scriptures remind us to guard the words we speak, but of equal importance we are to be vigilant about how we allow words to shape us. Consume media responsibly with an awareness of both its stated and implied bias. So too in our conversations with others, including our personal social media platforms, we should submit our words to the Lordship of Christ. This includes an active rejection of the negative narrative of fear and prejudice that is currently trying to shape public opinion. Vary your media sources across political and ideological lines. Talk to people from the countries in conflict. Ask God for discernment and speak truth about the refugee situation every chance you get. Fact check and reject stories that sensationalize radicalization or acts of terror as a characteristic of all Syrians or Iraqis or Somalis or all people from the Middle East or all people of the Muslim faith for that matter. Confront prejudices and speak up in support of people and the pursuit of peace in your conversations with family, friends, and co-workers. Let your conversations be seasoned by Christ. 
I love that they brought it out in this article, but we do need to be aware of our own implied bias. We all have it. Every one of us has that bias. And we need to be able to work and strive to look beyond it to see the truth of the matter. We don't want to find the alternative facts on the story, um, which is another way of putting that is falsehoods. We don't want to perpetuate lies. Um, there are too many lies going around about refugees right now. And especially in the church, we're, we're putting them there because we've talked so badly about Islam and Muslims. And it needs to stop. We need to be people who allow our speech to be seasoned by Christ. All right, the, the fifth thing, fifth conversation to have. Tell me your story. As Christians, it is God-honoring to invite someone, including someone from a different faith background, to tell you their story. Be respectful. Listen. It really is that simple. Often Christians feel pressured to share the gospel or even to point out areas of religious disagreement. But it is okay to simply listen, learn, and thank a person for sharing. The powerful truth is that God's grace is already active at work, and you have carried His presence into that relational space. Be faithful to pray for your new friends, and if or when they invite you to share your story, do so in a respectful and non-manipulative manner. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide your words and to keep you authentic. The opportunity to hear someone's story is a gift, and it should be treated with honor and respect. It is also a powerful and often unnerving means of recognizing and facing the hidden prejudices that we carry. Be open to letting God change and transform your heart and your attitudes. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal new aspects or depths of His character to you as you see the world through another person's eyes. Just listen. We don't do a lot of listening today in our society. Mea culpa. I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of hearing only my side of the story. I'm guilty of only hearing my particular news outlets. And I need to be hearing first and foremost from the Holy Spirit. And I need to be listening to others. It's hard to listen sometimes. I get that. Sometimes you feel like everybody's shouting. Take a breath. The word for the Holy Spirit in the Bible is breath. So take a breath. Exhale. And buckle down and get ready to listen. I'm recording this on Thomas Merton's birthday. It would have been today. January 31st. Thomas Merton, through his writings, has taught me as much about listening as anyone I can think of. He has taught me compassion in many ways, and so I think it's appropriate that with the work he did with so many people from around the world, with what he did in nonviolent resistance in many ways, that feels appropriate to be talking about the subject of how to have conversations with and about refugees. So, a final thought from this article that I think is wonderful and I want to share with you too. 
it's it's referring to the article, but I'm going to change the word article to podcast. If this podcast motivates you to push past fear or uncertainty in order to bridge the gap that divides us by labels, ideologies, backgrounds, and stereotypes, it has fulfilled its intent. May each of us find the courage we need for the conversations that lie ahead. Perhaps God will surprise us by just how connected we really are. Together, let us map a space etched in grace and gratitude that leads us all to a path named peace. All right, I think that's about all I have for us this week. I could go on. There's more I want to share. I feel as though I want to rage a little bit, and yet I don't think that's helpful to the conversation. I feel like I want to demonize people, and that's not helpful to the conversation. I feel like I just want to be mean about some people in our government, some people you come across on social media. That's not helpful. We can tell it to God, we can tell it to family members, we can especially take it to the Lord in prayer. We can turn to the Psalms and allow the Psalms to speak in those imprecatory ways and allow that to help us get our anger out in these times when we need it. Anger is an emotion, it's alright. It's okay to get that out. But it's important where we direct that anger. I would say that the frustrations, the anger, the hurt, just like happiness and joy, all of those things together, aim them at God. Don't aim them at refugees. People who have already lost everything. We have to understand their story. We have to listen. I have learned so much about, so much through my friend Brandon and through reading other sources about what these poor refugees are going through. I guess just a closing thought, imagine if it was you. If you were on the run for your life, maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter. You're being pursued. Your home has been destroyed or taken away from you. Someone else is living in your house now. They're desecrating items that you own. Maybe you suffered the loss of a child because of the war that is raging around you. Maybe you're trying to get to a safe place. And maybe you have made it to a safe place, but that safe place is simply a holding area where the best they have for you is a tent. Maybe you're a mother who is pregnant. And you're going to have to give birth outside under a canopy because there's no other place for you. You might be stuck at a train station with thousands of other people just waiting on somewhere to open the doors for you. And you've been there night after day after night after day after night after day and days have turned into weeks and weeks have turned into months and months have turned into years and you are tired and you are hurting and you are trembling and you desperately need the hospitality of someone to let you in. You desperately need a place 
to lay. Your children need food. Your children need a home. Your children need walls. Your spouse needs But maybe you're not with your spouse. Maybe your spouse didn't make it. And you go through this long process. And you finally get to a place where you finally think you're going to have a reprieve. A country that says, give me your cold, your tired, your huddled masses. And suddenly those doors are slammed shut on you. Have some compassion. Be Jesus in this world. Don't be afraid to love those people who have been othered. They have been othered. It's us for them, not us or them. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. Thank you for joining me here this week on the Voices in My Head podcast. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com. Follow me on Twitter at rickleyjames. Like my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames. And keep up to date on what I'm writing at my author page on amazon.com. Make sure to follow my calendar on the website, and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert, a speaking engagement, or a book event, you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for Pair Booking Agency. That's P-A-R-E Booking. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace who raised Christ from the dead, strengthen your inner being for every good work. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen.